everyone and welcome to another episode of Coffee with Jesus. The title for today's message is Fear of the Untamed. And uh, this all comes from an incident I witnessed a while ago uh, with my family that has stuck with me. If you're new to our podcast, welcome. Um, as far as possible, we will be releasing this podcast every Tuesday. Thank you to all those who tune in every single Tuesday. You'll know that the point of this podcast is simply to spend a little while together, 10-15 minutes, where we talk about something, about anything that's going to help us reflect Jesus a little more into our world. So subscribe to this podcast on whichever platform you're on. Uh, and I hope that you enjoy listening to this while you're driving or at gym or over a cup of coffee or tea. So as I mentioned, today we're talking about uh, fear of the untamed. And it comes from a story that I experienced a little while ago. So here it is. A few years ago, Cheryl and myself, before the days where our daughter was born, Shiloh, were at the coast with Ethan and with Cheryl's folks. We were in Umschlanga. Uh, for those of you who don't know the context of South Africa, that's the north coast of South Africa. Nice holiday resort, beautiful beaches. Um, it was the first time that Ethan had been by the ocean. So as his father, I was excited to see him run into the sea and splash and enjoy the waves. The problem was, as soon as we got to the beach, Ethan ran in the complete opposite direction to where the sea was. Now I get it. For those of you who've never visited um, what is known as the north coast of South Africa, we need to understand the waves and the sea are violent. There are a lot of rocks around, and while we were in a really nice place where there weren't that many rocks, the waves still looked angry. There is something about the, the sea in the north coast that's just, it's angry, it's violent. And I was looking at these waves from two perspectives of my own. My first perspective was that of an adult man. I looked at these crazy waves and saw the potential for fun and a bit of adventure because I knew I was strong enough. I had the confidence in my swimming ability. I was also looking at the waves from a nostalgic perspective, remembering all the good times I'd had in the sea growing up, that we used to visit the ocean every single year with my parents and my sister, and I loved spending hours and hours in a similar kind of sea. What I was not looking at the waves through was the perspective of a toddler. So Ethan, as a toddler, ran from the sea. <clears throat> I, in my naivete, took his hand as his father, you know, don't worry, I've got you, brought him back to the edge of the waves, right on the edge, just where literally where the waves would reach, he stood there. And for a while, we were good. The, the edge of the waves was fine. Um, he was splashing around in the water. He was enjoying himself, still very weary, but he was enjoying himself and having a bit of fun, growing in confidence moment by moment. But while that was all fine, before I could react, a bigger wave with evil intentions, obviously, came further up the beach, and all it did, with a little bit more force, was it knocked Ethan back on his bum, and that was it. We could not get Ethan back in the sea for the rest of the holiday. In his mind, the sea was violent and cruel and mean, and just wanted to dump him on the ground. The funny thing, however, was that while Ethan was terrified of the ocean, even though he had only gone to the edge of the waves, he loved the swimming pool at the resort we were staying at. Ethan could not yet swim. And so for me, looking at the pool, it actually held a greater level of threat for Ethan than the edge of the sea of the beach. Yes, at the ocean, he might get knocked down, but in the pool, he could drown. He couldn't stand, he couldn't swim. But this had not occurred to Ethan. And so we spent hours and hours and hours in the pool. Every time we suggested going to the ocean, he counted with, let's go to the pool. And Ethan got more and more adventurous. He got braver and braver in the pool. He was jumping in. He wanted to be thrown around. He was loving it. In fact, at one point, we were swimming on the one side of the pool and he would run to the complete other opposite side and jump in there. He was loving it. And, but no matter how confident he was in the pool, he would not go near the sea. I was trying to figure this out. And I think 
the conclusion or the observation I came up with was the following. Ethan was willing to engage with the pool because it was tame and it was limited. Even though he couldn't stand on the bottom, he could at least see the bottom. And so this gave him a platform to build confidence on. He knew where the edges were. He could see that it was limited. The surface of the water was still. The sea, however, from a toddler's perspective, is unlimited. It's wild. It's untamed. There's nothing tame about the sea to someone looking at it from less than a meter high. From Ethan's perspective, the sea was this massive monster and was completely beyond anyone's ability to control. And so he ran in the other direction. The reason I find this interesting is that we still often engage life in this way. We might have grown up, we may have gotten stronger, we may have gotten braver, but for many of us, we still engage with life the same way a toddler engages with the ocean. We stay in places where the boundaries are clear, and we only go where we can see how everything all works together. We want to be able to know how the plan works. We want to be able to know how it all fits together. And the moment we're confronted by the untamed, the violent, the wild and crazy, we, like Ethan, run in the opposite direction. And we see this throughout Scripture, right? When the Israelites were faced with the barren wilderness, they wanted to run back to Egypt. The wilderness to them seemed untamable. It seemed vast, without boundary or border. There was no food or drink. And as bad as Egypt was, at least they knew what they could expect. At least they knew where their boundaries were, their limits were. At Sinai, the Israelites again would rather worship a golden calf than live in a place where the God they worshipped was beyond their understanding. They couldn't fathom a God without limits, a God without form. It seemed too crazy to them. So what they did is they created a God that's, that looked like something that was limited, that they could control and comprehend. A calf was something they knew intimately. And so they put some gold on it and they could control it. The disciples couldn't fathom the idea of the resurrection. And so when Jesus hung on a cross and was placed in a tomb, they didn't wait expectantly. They worried about what their future might look like. Some even tried going home. When Jesus was walking around all resurrected and stuff, Peter couldn't believe in the limitlessness of grace and forgiveness. And so he goes back to fishing, something again he understood, something he knew the boundaries of, something that was controllable. For Peter, fishing was tame and controllable. This, I think, is where the danger of all of this comes in. If we live a life where we only ever engage with things we can control, where we see the limits and where we're comfortable, we will miss out on so much of God, it's crazy. One of my favorite quotes is from the author C.S. Lewis. In the Chronicles of Narnia, they're talking about Aslan, this lion that represents God and Jesus. And they come to the conclusion that he's good, but he's not safe. Our God is anything but limited and tame. He is the unlimited, untamable force that splits seas, creates universes, extends forgiveness to the unforgivable, and leaves tombs empty. He cannot be contained and measured. He is beyond our understanding and will not be diminished by our or for our, our, our comfort. If we allow the fear of the untamable to rule us, we will never step into a full life-giving relationship with the untamable Jesus. To be honest with you, the more I journey with Jesus, the more I appreciate this about him. I don't want to understand or control the one I worship. I love the fact that there is mystery and unknown when it comes to Jesus because it means I need faith. I need courage to step into his presence. So can I encourage you today? Don't play it safe. Don't worship a God of your own making that is limited and tamed. 
The lion of Judah is not declawed. He is not tame. He is not a lion that you can go to at a lion park and pet or a zoo who's caged in. He is wild and limitless, and he is good beyond measure. He is mysterious, and that's good because it means we don't have to figure out how he forgives, but we know he does. We don't have to figure out how grace works. We simply trust that it does. So can I ask you, where in your life have you run away from the wild, untamable Jesus? Where have you rejected the mystery? Where have you pursued the, that where have you rejected the unknown? And where have you stepped into something that looked really safe, where all the boundaries were clear, where you could see the bottom of the pool? Where are you living in a safe place? Again, let's go back to that story with Ethan. While the sea looked dangerous, and it is, I'm not, I'm not denying the danger of the sea, where Ethan was standing, the sea could only touch his toes and occasionally maybe have enough force to bump him down on the ground. The pool, although it looked a lot safer, if he was ever there without the presence of his dad or mom or grandparents, he could easily drown in the pool. And so sometimes the very place that looks safe, the illusion of boundaries and safety can sometimes be the most dangerous place for us to stay in. I want to encourage you, this life is too short for us to play it safe. This life is too unique and too much of a gift for us to waste it staying in the shallow of life. I want to encourage you, I know sometimes it's scary, I know sometimes it can seem a little bit freaky to, to go to that place where the waves can potentially knock you down. But it's in that place where the mystery of Jesus becomes alive and real to each and every single one of us. I hope this has helped you. I hope this just spurs a little bit of courage in your heart to step out and do what you've never done before, to believe God, to trust in His miraculous. Have an amazing week, and we'll see you same time, same place next week. 